Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Loaded show today. We got our high school football roundtable at 335 today as we get ready for week three of high school football tomorrow night across the valley. Absolutely. And Looking forward to it. Off and then we, we go. Got, you know, and then, then we got to get ourselves ready for the Tom McGrath tailgate. Gary Goloszewski, uh, curator. That's on right. Saturday. I mean, look. First one in two about, years. Yeah, like we got, we got players that have you know, like Micah Parsons is playing in his first regular season game tonight in in nineteen twenty months. Like Goloshevsky sitting there and he's got to do a tailgate for the first time in twenty one and a half months. Does he have it in him? I mean, God, we went through some stuff with him on last Thursday night, and uh, Tom and I walked away a little bit unsure. Uh, no, I mean, Tom had even asked a question, like, is the tailgate still going to be going when the game's over? And we didn't get a direct answer. That's the only time Tom and I can attend it. I'm confident they'll pull through. Right now, it's waning just a bit. But that's, you know, that that's for Saturday. But uh, Gary listens to the podcast. This is my way. I'm, I'm doing this like James Franklin would, you know, right, you know, how you send message to your players. Exactly. <laughs> through, through the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> this is my way. It's like the like the coach here looking over at the players and sending some messages to you through the press conference. Tonight, Tampa Bay will take on Dallas in the opening game of the season. Micah Parsons will be playing in his first game in the regular season tonight. Great. Uh, guys like Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase, Cincinnati, and a few others are going to be the standard bearers for how future drafts play out for players that opt out. Now, right now, you're not having players opt out right now in college. But there may be others along the way that may consider opting out. How well guys like Parsons and Chase and others play 
will determine how future GMs and player personnel directors look at drafting players who opt out. If Parsons goes out and he's the the uh, NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year, which, by the way, he very well could be, and he has had a great um, preseason by all accounts of everybody at Dallas. Chase, on the other hand, has not. Chase has struggled in the preseason. Chase has had a lot of drops. Chase is saying that he's he's having a hard time adjusting to the NFL ball because it doesn't have a white stripe on it, so he's having trouble locating it. He didn't practice with one of those in the offseason? You just use college footballs to for your workouts? What the heck is that deal? That's the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I'm not kidding. It's what he said. That's not a joke. He further deserved that then. I mean, so he's having trouble seeing the ball as opposed to, you know, you know the truly great play-by-play guys of our days who always will sit back and say they saw what I saw. S-U-I-T, that spells Suta! He won't be on today's show. We'll get the insight of Dave Ritchie. Oh, I just received several text messages. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank God, thank goodness, thank God. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think the public has spoken. <laughs> you, sir, are my hero! Oh my goodness! The um, but they are going to determine by their play this year the effect of the opt out. Parsons had played now. Parsons played preseason games, so really this is not a beginning for him. It's just the beginning of a regular season. So he's played, and in the games he's played, he's he's played fine. He's been good, and in practice, he evidently has been terrific. Chasing the other hand has struggled. Now there's a long list of other guys. Now, remember Jamie Newman when he was at Wake Forest? A lot of people thought he had high round potential. He transferred to Georgia. He was going to battle JT Daniels for the quarterback job last year, and then he opted out. And I'm going to get ready for the draft. And he went undrafted. Now he's not playing. He's, 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 he's not with anybody. There, there are certain players that always make baffling decisions and you sit back and say I, and you look at that the second he made that decision I said you're doing what? you can't get any better unless you're playing you can't so it's it's stories like that the Newman story as a quarterback the Chase story as a wide receiver that GMs and player personnel directors are going to take a long, hard look at for this upcoming season, starting tonight, to see if laying off an entire year ended up being no big deal or a big deal. And that starts tonight. Uh, Matt's not rooting for anybody for Dallas. It's just... more of a hate thing. Like I said, I like Tampa outright tonight. 
Micah might have a good game, but it might be the only bright spot of that Dallas defense. It's going to be interesting to see how Dak Prescott plays. Totally uh, agree. Because, again, there's a mystery going in about him. We had Merrill Reese on the other day, and he talked about you know, Jalen Hurts played in 10 plays. Conversely, if you're a Steeler fan, you feel a lot better about the Steelers going in because Roethlisberger played the two series, and it was only two series, but he was terrific in the two series. So you don't really think twice about it. Plus, once again, there's no Zach Martin tonight because they're right. testing positive for COVID. So that's another right. big factor looking at Dak tonight. Right. Um, so that, that, that'll be a part of it as well. Uh, Godwin may not play tonight. We'll see. If not, that may be more reps for Antonio Brown. But it's the opening night. Uh, tonight, I'm going to go over to the field at Toft Trees and do the show with James. Uh, Sharmarek Curtis as well. She'll be the opening guest. We'll talk field hockey in the first half hour. Final half hour with James. Then when I'm done, I think I think it's no secret. I think I've told everybody. I, get, I don't make any secrets about how we do the job, for goodness sake. So it's some lure. The pregame interview with James is not live, uh, just like the pregame interview with Joe and with Bill and with Tommy. They were never, never, you know, not live. They had to be taped ahead of time. And for the most part, not always, but for the most part, James and I tape the pregame after we're done with the talk show. We're both there. Find a spot, we tape it. Every once in a while, James has to be someplace else, uh, and so we'll do it Friday morning. But nine times out of ten, we'll tape it after the show, uh, the talk show. So tonight we'll do the show. I'll tape the show. I'll get something to bring home, and I'm going to have my feet up. I'm watching football at 820 tonight. That's the Well done. That is, that is as simple a game plan. I mean, I already have the game on Saturday prepped. I mean, I don't have to do any more work on that. Um, but that is... That's the game plan. I'm going to sit back and watch the first NFL game of the season tonight. After my game tonight, I will be tuning in as well. I'll be a little late, but hopefully I'll catch maybe the end of the first half, if not a little bit of the second half. Which one do you have tonight? I have Danville and Midwest Girls Soccer tonight. Oh, good. That's great. Game number two already. You had game number one on Tuesday. Southern and Central boys soccer. Now got girls soccer tonight. Very nice. Well-rounded. Keeps you fresh. That's right. No, no, that's why, you know, because remember, Eli, go with that Eli on the show. I'm a bunch of times on the show, the play-by-play voice of Alabama. And Eli and I have talked about that. Because Eli's done a variety of sports in his career. He'll do, you know, he'll do baseball, softball sometimes in the spring. He'll do, you know, now he stopped doing basketball, I don't know, four or five years ago. But for a long time he did basketball at Alabama. I've run into Eli on basketball a lot, too. And, of course, football. And, uh, and, and we both agree, you know, because everybody knows I go from football to basketball, and I'll do baseball with the spikes in the summer. It keeps you fresh. Just the change in sports keeps you fresh. I think it's invigorating. Yeah. They may be different paces, but 
I you you know I have fun embracing the different pace of each sport. It's really cool. Great to have you with us today. We are brought to you by Lion Country. Uh, brought, brought, excuse me, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes eleven and fifteen Hummel's Wharf. See that Kia part right there. Great to have Kia on board. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. This is the best of new inventory. They've got it. How about pre-owned inventory? You know, you get a lot for your trade-in right now. And uh, back when I traded in the suit for Matt, we didn't get, you know, I got no no financial return on it. Did you notice that? Oh, my almighty! But I got you. I appreciate that. And and let's keep it let's keep it on a uh, on a car dealership level here, but again, maybe related to the suit. A great service department <laughs> that keeps the vehicle running. <laughs> I look over at that corner office. I'm going. There's a, a lot of maintenance needed. All right. <laughs> F O U L E D. That spells foul. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I wanted to ask you about your, your left guard, and we saw a lot of Eric Wilson in the second half. Do you feel like you have a solution there, and how did Wilson grade out? Yeah, we thought we thought Eric played well. We thought you know Wigan did some good things too, um, but we'll decide that this week uh, based on last week's game, which I think your evaluation is fair, and then uh, obviously what we do this week as well. So it'll be a combination of those two things uh, to determine who will start or who will play more on Saturday. I'll say this. Eric Wilson is a delightful guy to be around. He was a quarterback club yesterday. Now, here is a guy. You want to talk about He went to Harvard, obviously. But he was a heck of a football player when he was in high school. His dad, in fact, played football at Army. His grandfather played football at Navy. But not only was he in football, his parents got him into music early in life. And not only was he first-team all-conference in football, twice he was first-team all-conference in band play the saxophone but he can play the piano he can play the guitar oh and by the way he's also in the choral society and has sung and performed at the vatican 
That's Eric Wilson. Now that is also another definition of well-rounded. I mean... (laughs) It's good work by him. Exactly. Uh, And... I brought this up to the suit, and he wanted to know if we could schedule the Vatican on Shikolimbi's schedule. And he said, that's not, I said, they don't play the game. F O U L E D, that spells foul. Pope Francis watches football, but not football. Just, you have to explain this stuff to the suit. He is a big football fan, though. Yes, no, Pope Francis is, yes. Yes, he is. Right. I mean, I had to, one day we were standing there, and somebody was somebody made an obvious statement, and Matt said, "Well, is the Pope Catholic?" And the suit chimed in. I think the last one was. I was like, "Oh, I just uh, where do we find these people? Where do we find them? I just, unreal." All right, uh, we're going to have our high school roundtable next half hour, and. Uh, Bucknell will be at Villanova at 6. Their home opener is next week with Penn. But talk about a, a rugged early schedule. Yeah, big time. Rugged. Did you hear my suit joke about the Pope? Yes. <laughs> Typical, isn't it? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I think the last one was. Oh. <laughs> oh. And this is all without any beverages. And he does all this stuff total, totally sober. That is correct. Oh, well. All right. Great to have you with us today. Roundtable, Bill Hillgrove today. also have a couple of comments I want to make about the, about staying away from archaic thinking. I'm not talking about our staff meetings, okay? Good to know. (laughs) Although. (laughs) The Today Show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kionday, best of new inventory, great pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. That means so much. So it's Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. 
Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. High School Roundtable, our games this week will include Sealands Grove at Shemokin Saturday at 1, tomorrow night Danville at Lewisburg, and Mount Carmel at Shikolami. So let's get to it now with Steve Briggs. Saturday at 1, Sealands Grove at Shemokin. Steve, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, Steve, always great. Great to hear you, hear your voice. Great to hear your voice as well. All right, so let's get to the offense. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when you were on. Sealands Grove over the years has had just some fun, dynamic offenses, but obviously personnel changes, thus you have to change your style a bit. What are you seeing in the first couple of weeks in terms of execution by that offense? Is this more of a personnel issue or is it an execution issue? I, I think it's a little of both, Steve. Um, they're awfully young on the on that side of the football, but uh, you've heard it numerous times, especially from coaches. You know that they're no longer freshmen or sophomores after they get out there a few times, and I think I think that's kind of what's hurting them. Uh, the, the stat I got this morning when uh, Zach Showers sent this week's uh, game notes was uh, kind of says it all. They're Seals are one for twenty-two in third-down conversions, which mm. is—I didn't—I didn't realize it was—it was that low. Um, a little bit misleading, um, simply because uh, they've got—they've been caught both weeks with procedure penalties. Seems like at the worst time, um, that as well as uh, some some key fumble turnovers, bad snaps. You know, those are things that happen early in the season and uh, hopefully end quickly, but um, it's been hurting them. Uh, they, they've, I think the Seals are a bit uh, snake bit, so to speak. Um, played two very good football teams. Um, Pottsville 12 nothing last week, had 7-6 in the fourth, late in the fourth. Um, you know, they, I think they realize that the, the critical critical uh, mistakes that are happening at, at key times is killing them, and, and that's what it is. Right, and you and I both know it's that you're trying to get away from that epidemic of key mistakes, key times. You mentioned the one for 22 on third down. Not all third downs are created equally. Uh, a stat I do keep on my chart, and it's one I meticulously try to go through. What do you do on third down and less than four? What do you do on third down and five plus, both offensively and defensively? Are they being faced well, with more third and longs as opposed to third and shorts? Exactly, Steve. What's happened? Kind of what I, the point I made earlier. You know, they 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 get five or six yards on a first or second down play, and it's second and short or third and short. And that very next play, they get a procedure penalty or a motion penalty or, like I said, bad snap, something that stopped them. Now you're looking up at, you know, the chains at third and 11. You know, yeah. you, you know this as well. I knew it for years as a coach. When it's second and one and third and an inch, boy, you get a lot of guys talking to you and everybody's chirping in your ear telling you what to do and giving you suggestions, boy, when it's third and 15. <laughs> Very quiet. <laughs> it's like you have the plague. <laughs> and nobody's around you. <laughs> and I yep. think that's what's happening. You know, yeah, that's what's happening. And um, these guys are well coached. The SEALs are well coached. Um, yes. You can tell that. Pat and I spoke at length last week about this. 
um, you know, with the, the biggest, a good, well-coached team, makes that adjustment from week one to week two. And I think the Seals did incredibly well there. I mean, they were they were very well prepared. They opened the offense up a little bit. Quarterback got going. Defensively, they're playing lights out. Steve, probably as good as anybody in this whole area defensively. And and that's what kind of stings. They're sitting here looking that they, they're 0-2, and the Seals very well could be 2-0 uh, against two very good programs. So I think they just got to take it one step at a time. And you know, whenever things don't go well, work fundamentals first, and I, and I know they do that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how the first two weeks went. Well, in fact, I was going to ask you finally about the defense because obviously they've been doing a heck of a job there. How well does this team run to the ball? Oh boy, you've you've probably seen them in in uh, some some film, Steve. Uh, they're they're getting nine ten hats to the ball wherever it goes. I really really like uh, Brandon Heil. I think he's one of the best football players in the area. Um, uh, Teague Hoover at safety. These kids are playmakers, and they're everywhere. And uh, they they reloaded. They really did. I think they're better de- this year defensively than last year. And and they'll be tested this week. Shemokin's a, a power, tough Cole Region team, um, which you know I think teams tried to throw on Seals Grove uh, unsuccessfully, and you know now they're running the football or at least attempting it. So uh, good test this week, but this this. The strength of this football team is the defense, uh, and um, uh, you know the coaches know that. Just got to get a little bit, little bit uh, more, more mature, as, as we say, and experienced on offense. Steve, looking forward to it Saturday at one. Thank you so much for your time and yeah. your insight. You betcha. Thanks a bunch, Steve. Steve Briggs. We transition now to Greg Wetzel. He of the four handicap. Lewisburg hey. will be hosting Danville uh, tomorrow night. Uh, uh, Greg would love to talk about I, his handicap, but we're going to have to talk football, Greg. That's <laughs> okay. My handicap is rising. Oh, that's Going not up, good. I'm glad to talk football. <laughs> that's not good. It's like the uh, guy <laughs> that uh, uh, the. Uh, <laughs> It's like the guy that the pitches in, in kid pitch in Little League. And I said, you know, your goal is not to have the lowest DRA. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, Greg, so Greg let, what, is the, what is the strength of this Lewisburg football team? Let's, start, let's go with the positive first. Okay, the, the strength of the football team are their skill position players. And, and last week against Montoursville, the score was 41-7. to but it could have been very easily 10 to nothing Lewisburg. Uh, they drove right down the field, had a fourth and goal from the one-yard line, ran a quarterback sneak, and all the quarterback had to do was put the ball across the goal line, and he turned sideways, and yeah. the ball never got across. And it was literally within two inches of the goal line. Yeah. They, they, oh. stopped Montour- they, you know, they stopped Montoursville. They force a punt. They get the ball back, drive right down the field to the five-yard line. They're stopped. They try a field goal, and they miss the field goal. So within the first six minutes of the game, Lewisburg had 100 yards of offense and no points to show for it. So the skill position players are are really what what they're made of this year. 
and as the line develops, those skill position players will become more effective. All right. So uh, sometimes a team will get in its own way. Yeah. Does Lewisburg yeah. at times get in its own way, and is it correctable? Yes. Um, for instance, the the first time they were down at the goal line when they quarterbacked the, the quarterback sneak on fourth one, they had first and goal on the five. Quarterback sack. Yeah. Puts them back. They connect, they connect on a, about a 16-yard pass on third down, makes it fourth and one. So, yes, that's correctable. Field goal kicking, yeah, that, that that's correctable. More practice. The, it's his first year kicking. He made a field goal in the first game. And he missed that. He has a strong leg. It's not a question of distance. It's just a question of, I think, getting used to the situation, calming himself down, going in and kicking a field goal. Um, the other thing, they, they scored a uh, turnover. Uh, now, that's a physical mistake, but, again, those are things that can be corrected, learning to hold on to the football, went towards wide a 10-yard drive for a touchdown. And another one was the second-half kickoff was returned for a touchdown. Uh, the coach was trying to rest a couple players, put some freshmen in there. They didn't stay in their lanes, and uh, he broke it for a 92-yard touchdown return. So all those things are correctable with a little more playing time and just teaching a little more technique to the kids. What is What will be important in the matchup with Danville? Well, not letting Danville get ahead of them by so so much so quickly. Uh, Danville's yeah. averaging over 50 points a game right now in their first two yeah. games. The last game they scored 61 points, and they had, uh, I think it was 49 or 48 at halftime. So they have a quick strike offense. They, have, they run the spread. Uh, they move the ball around. They have talented athletes, good offense and defensive line. So... That's going to be the key to Lewisburg to try to keep this game close. Greg, always a pleasure. The handicap will steady. I I uh, went for the first time this year. I went to the driving range last night to just hit a few golf balls. I think I corrected some things. There you Hopefully. go. See, see again. <laughs> it's it's all about uh, good practice sets up good games. That's exactly right. Thanks, Greg. It's always fun, man. It is great to talk to you, Steve, and have fun again this Saturday. Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Let's bring in the Chief now. Shikalemi is at home. Tough one, Mount Carmel coming up. Uh, Dave, I asked the suit, I said, what's the strength of the team? And he said the play-by-play guy. wasn't the answer I was looking for, Dave. So... uh, (laughs) Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I just—it's—it's it's sad, and we all know it. Uh, but Dave, what what in your in your perception and in watching them, what's the strength that Shikamili can build around moving forward? Well, they got the running game together in the second half. Granted, it was thirty-five to nothing at halftime, but they ended up outrushing uh, Loyal Sock, and I—I I thought. Uh, you know, I thought uh, Semko and, and uh, Wolf did a nice job. Uh, the line blocked well. And uh, something we saw Caden Huffman, the tight end, big tight end, got good hands. And uh, I think they, they, they got some strength there. They, uh, they, it was one of those nights that I'm sure the coaches as well as the players were disappointed in the overall performance. I don't think they expected 
uh, to have uh, Loyal Sock run up a 35 to nothing score at halftime. But I'll tell you, Loyal Sock, that's one of the best football teams I've seen all around. Uh, great quarterback, great receivers, and a terrific running back. Plus, he had a pretty solid defense. So, I, you know, I think, I think the potential is there, and I think that might be their strength, that they know what they can do, and it's just a matter of, you know, let's, let's perform out on, the, out on the field on Friday nights. Dave, what, uh, how big a challenge in the trenches will Mount Carmel be? Normally this is one of those tough, hard-nosed, red tornado. I mean, how, what about trench warfare on this one? I just got done watching uh, Mount Carmel in Hughesville, uh, and they've got a really uh, solid offensive line. And, you know, a typical Mount Carmel offense where they try to overload one side, and they just basically try to run sweep at you, and they run the uh, they run the the run option very or run option very well. So it's going to be tif- difficult for them. Uh, Mount Carmel's got some uh, got nice size, both offensive and defensive linemen, and their athletes. So the Braves are going to be have, they're going to have to be on the top of their game. Uh, you know, a matter of uh, not watching in the backfield, but reading your reading how you're being blocked and. And I think one of the things that they have to do this week is they've got to keep those linemen off of our linebackers yeah. because uh, they, they have to do that because Loyal Sox not only blocked our line, but they got our linebackers too. And let those, let those guys uh, make the tackles. You'd be, you know, be the sacrificial lamb in the trenches. On offense, uh, I, you know, I watch uh, – I always hate to see – when a play's done, the back is on the ground, and there's a couple of offensive linemen standing around. Yeah, that means they didn't. They either didn't block somebody, or they didn't find somebody to block. And a lot of times, it's not that they didn't want to, but sometimes it's just a matter of remembering your rules and uh, and and staying under control. So the line's going to have to definitely know uh, who to block because when they get there, it's going to be a challenge for them to block that Mount Carmel defense. So let's get finally to the psychology of this. What would it mean to Shikolami to get to the lead in this game? Uh, well, I think it would be huge. They they've uh, haven't had the lead yet in the, in the two games beforehand, and I don't know if I I think they've only known how to play from being behind, and uh, I, I think it would first of all it's going to definitely build up their confidence. Uh, in the Hughesville game, Mount Carmel went right down the field and scored, and then Hughesville ran the ran the ensuing kickoff back for a touchdown. And it was amazing what it did to the Hughesville defense after the after the special team scored right away. And now it's going to be behind by seven. It was tied, and uh, it, it, they just looked like they had a little bit more pep the second time around. And uh, they played them pretty even for the first half, but again, Mount Carmel I think wore them down. For the Braves. I think it would be huge if they could get up by a touchdown. I really do. Yeah. Agreed. Dave, always a pleasure. Your broadcasts uh, sound great on Friday night. Really enjoy them because I always get a chance to hear some of it. and It's terrific as always. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. All right. The Chief, Dave Ritchie. I mean, I asked the suit. I just thought I'd, you know, to like to set up the segment. And like I said, what's the strength of Shiklam? He said the play-by-play guy. It's just... I mean, Matt, how, how do we live with this? No good! No good! No good! No other words are needed on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
So we're the great Joe Portelli, married to the great Judy, I might add, is actually in the studio working on something we call TalkBack, so they can talk to me during commercials. And it hasn't been working for, I don't know, you know, short period of time. So they're working on it right now. And I mentioned to Joe that in the old days, uh, when the suit was the co-host of the show, when this didn't work, I thought it was a plus. Get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor. Uh, I, you know, uh, the stories I would sit there and hear. I mean, it got to the point I just would leave the room. He'd be talking to himself. He just didn't know it. You know, you know text from Dave Ritchie. I can relate with you know, Doug Birdsong. No kidding. I mean, oh, okay, it's just a, you know. Oh, my Matt, almighty! Matt, no comment. I need my job. What does that mean? <laughs> exactly verbatim. Okay. I, I got a wife, two kids. <laughs> Help me. Oh, my goodness. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. You know, I was watching uh, last night... Uh, uh, ESPN, to its credit, they did the College at 150 series. That was two years ago. And it is brilliant, and I mean brilliant with all capital letters. So when I get a chance to rewatch them, I do, because I just enjoy them that much. And last night was on television. And it was interesting to take everyone back in time, because this is obviously in real time when this stuff happens. The thought process in real time of back when they were thinking about making the transition with the Oklahoma-Georgia law case from the game of the week to every game being on TV. And Don Canham, who was a brilliant athletic director for Michigan, it really was a great career. Was talking about, look, we get eight million a game at our gate. We can't have that hurt by TV. We got to keep our gate. I understand the thought process in the moment, but I also was on the air at that time, and I said, look, you got to go for it. I think people want to see games, and then look at it and say, you know, I'd love to be there. And it was archaic thinking back then about how your gate was going to be hurt by TV. Archaic thinking. And that's the same thing I'm watching college football fall into this trap with the 12-team playoff. Well, you know, you saw Oklahoma and Texas go over. Who cares? Have confidence in your product. Have confidence in your programs. They'll get there. For goodness sakes, every week in the SEC, somebody's going to lose. You act like all 14 teams in the SEC, 16 teams in the SEC are going to be 8-0. No. Uh, no. Hey, the last thing college football needs right now is archaic thinking and archaic excuses. And right now you're seeing that in boatloads at the moment. It's holding the sport back. 